Celtic head to Rugby Park on Sunday, looking to do what Rangers couldn't do and to get the win that would take us into the quarterfinals of this season's via play League Cup. This is Tino with the Match Preview Show and I'm joined today by Joe. Joe, hope you've had a good week. Welcome back to the show. What's your initial thoughts ahead of Sunday's game? Thanks for having me back, Tino. Um, I, I think it'll be a hard game. Um, we've seen, as you say, we've seen Rangers struggle there last week, uh, two weeks ago. It's also a cup game where if we are going to look to do what Brendan Rodgers does and win every trophy in Scotland like he has in years gone by, this is a must win. We need to win at all costs. It's going to be a difficult game. Actually, tough pitch. Derek McInnes and Charles Kilmarnock, they look to be playing relatively well. So it's going to be a hard game. It's a must win. Win at all costs. Um, but it's one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's definitely one to look forward to. And we'll get into Kilmarnock in a bit of detail later on. But they look to be in pretty decent form. They've come through their League Cup section pretty well, which has obviously led them to this game. We know they beat Rangers match day one. They drew at Tynecastle match day two. So they'll be you know, feeling pretty good about themselves, pretty confident. Just before we get into it in much detail, um, just looking for your brief thoughts on last week at Pataudry. Um, you'll have seen the same headlines. We've put out some of the headlines ourselves about the fact that great result, but maybe still a wee bit of work to be done on the pitch. What's your general assessment of that one? Yeah, I, I do agree. I mean, I think being asked to go and play Pataudry at that stage of the season when you've got a new manager... You've lost a lot of your players, possibly haven't fully replaced certain areas yet. Um, I think given the circumstances, yeah, it's a good result. Um, yeah, some things we need to be polished on. Um, Defence-wise, maybe is isn't how we're going to look or want to be looking going into the Champions League. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, I thought it was a good... I thought it was all, all in all a good performance. I think Paddy mentioned it in the show that never really felt like we were really under threat as much as the performance maybe wasn't there but we were relatively comfortable I think Joe Hart had a lot of real big saves to make yeah. Um, so yeah, good that it was a good result um, happy to come away from Pataudry in August with three points and you know I, I think really we can only get better Agreed and it's, it's funny because any sort of win at Pataudry at any time in the season has got to be a good thing hasn't it but I think it's fair, and I think Brendan Rodgers has leaned towards it himself. It's fair to to offer, I don't know, constructive criticism at this stage because he accepts that the team can and, and will continue to improve. And that's only going to get better by A, more time in the training pitch, and B, more new guys coming in. So we'll see how things start to shape up over the next few weeks as well. In terms of the, the lineup and the, the options that he has for Sunday, so he's just given his press conference. We've caught bits of the headlines from it, so... As expected, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Rio Hitati are both out for a few weeks. It uh, looks like they've both picked up some sort of uh, muscle injuries at the weekend at Pataudry. Stephen Welsh, frustratingly for him, he's signed his new deal. So he's now here till 2027. Came off the bench at half-time at Pataudry, done really well. But it looks like he's got a wee niggle and he might miss out uh, getting into this one on Sunday. Longer term, you've got O and Kobayashi, so they'll be a bit further behind. But in a positive news, you might have seen the pictures, Joe. Alistair Johnson's back training, so great to see that. So he should hopefully be in contention for Ibrox in a couple of weeks' time. And further back, you've got Marco Tullio. Still no real update on him, but hopefully he's not too far away. The other big addition, the other big option that he's going to have is new boy Gustav Lagerbielka, uh, if I've pronounced that right. So he could be thrown into a, a, you know, a competitive debut straight away down on the Arsenal Turf at Kelly. So what's your thoughts in general, Joe, on those updates? Um, yeah, I, th I think it's a, I think it's a very uh, 
positive update that Alistair Johnson's coming back. I think Anthony Nelson actually did quite well on Saturday, at the weekend there, but we, we can only get better with Alistair Johnson coming back. Um, Gustav Lager, Bielka, I've only heard good things about him. Um, watched his press conference yesterday, seems really positive guy, seems a very attack-minded, positive sort of centre-half that I think is a perfect mould for Celtic. Um, unfortunate about the injuries, um, about Hatati and Carter Vickers. Carter Vickers could be down to not having a really full pre-season that it could lead to why he's maybe picking up a, a muscular injury, whether it's recurring or not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, and Hatati the same. Um, it's a real shame because all these talks about possible contract extension and you know maybe hoping to keep Hatati on that an injury is probably not the best thing for uh, and that's uh, those circumstances. So yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. It'll be again. It'll be a different team on Sunday again from what we were seeing last weekend. Um, and you know the following week as the transfer window pushes on, it could be an even entirely different team the following week. So. It's that time of year, there's a lot of change, so uh, we'll wait and see, but I'm still confident we can get the job done for that team. Yeah, and, and aside from Sunday specifically, what do you think, what's your feelings on how the squad's shaping up in general? So we've spoken off enough uh, between the weekly show and otherwise about goalie and left-back, all of a sudden, you know, becoming positions where we look a wee bit weak. Um, strikers, something I've banged on about, you know, I think particularly with O being out injured just now, you've got Kyogo with Maeda as the back, the back up, you know, how does that sit in terms of if Kugo picks up any sort of niggle? It's not a great position to be in, but any my opinions aside, what do you think, Joe? Where do you think we might be like? Well, I think left-back, definitely. Um, it wasn't really an area I was ever contemplating that we needed strengthening. Um, I know there was a lot of talk of Kieran Tierney coming back and Celtic fans fantasising that he's, he's going to come home. And at that moment, in the summer, I wasn't entirely convinced it was worth it, given that Taylor had a really good season last season. Burnaby is yet remains to be seen how you know good he'll be, albeit he scored a, a goal in pre-season and he looked fairly sharp, but can he be relied upon? I'm not entirely sure. Um, now I'm sort of heading, steering towards the left-back uh, area to be strengthened, because I don't think Greg Taylor was great last weekend, and I thought he was poor the weekend before that as well. Um, so, yeah, I think left-back's definitely an area. I think up front, given that we've got Kyogo Maeda and O, all of whom are potentially playing the Asian Cup in January as well, Yeah. other than the fact that we're light at the minute because it owes injury problems, I think a striker is definitely an area we should look at. And, you know, my thoughts haven't really changed in Joe Hart. I don't think he's really... He's not going ever going to be the answer long-term, given his age, but also I think it's an area that we should look to strengthen on longer term. And I think that's an area we could definitely improve on. Yeah. Just a very short question. If you can only get one more player in for one position, where is it for you? Left back. I might be inclined to agree. Uh, let's see how we fare there uh, at the weekend. Okay, let's look at the potential lineup. So, as always, we'll start with goalkeeper and defence. And more often than not, you know, Joe Hart does get the nod. Ange wasn't one for mixing up his team lines even when it got to uh, League Cup stuff. Didn't tend to rest many players, if any. Do you think Brendan Rodgers might take the chance to keep somebody like Ben Segrist or Scott Bain ticking over by playing them on Sunday? Um, it's hard to say because I think if you're playing at home, it's a slightly different 
kettlefish. But I think given A that's on that surface, albeit we've, we've performed well against Kilmarnock on that surface, I don't know how much of a chance of Will to take. Um, I'm thinking years gone by, Brendan Rodgers didn't actually have a great record at Rugby Park. Um, not that it matters, but I'm just thinking he'll be under no illusions how much the surface will come into it and how sturdy a team Kilmarnock can be. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, what I don't think he'll take any chances given the way that we've been playing. And I think he would rather get some level of consistency in the team, each, you know, so called stronger 11, and make, get them properly up to speed rather than, you know, test a few other ways of playing. Um, I think he would rather just make the most out of what he has at the minute. Um, so wait and see. I don't know, but sometimes I think as well with Rogers that Rogers like to go to a back three as well. I don't know if tomorrow is the right game to try it, but you never know. It might have something. It might have any suppies sleeve in that front. You never know. Yeah. Um, what I'm taking from that though is that you think he'll stick with Joe Hart and goals. I think he's going to go with somebody else. I think just. I think we. I think we will be trying to get a goal in, but in the potential of that. Maybe won't happen. We might not get the right guy. I think he's going to make sure that his backups are, uh, you know, kept sharp. I think we might see Ben Segrist on Sunday, so we need to wait and see how it goes. Back four, eh, we've not had our troubles to seek defensively. So obviously we know that Alistair Johnson has been out so far. Carl Vickers, his return has obviously stuttered after last week. Starfelt's away. Taylor struggling for form. Kobe Ash injured. Lots going on, and obviously two new boys, Lagar Bielka and Navrotsky, coming in. What do you think we're going to see there? Are we going to see a a new partnership there, Navrotsky and Lager Bielka tomorrow, uh, Sunday? I hope so. I hope so. Um, I mean, really, given the injury list, I don't really know how much alternative we have to those two playing. There's talk, I mean, there's a case for maybe playing a lot at centre half instead, given that Lager Bielka just come into the squad. But after watching Brendan Rodgers, he says he's fit and available. I think he played last week for his team. Like, there's no real reason to look past them in that front. Um, so I, I don't see why not. Just to sack him in and see how it goes. He's played at a decent enough level in Sweden. So I, th- I think the back four will remain relatively similar to what we've seen other than the like for likes what with Lager Bielka coming in for Carter Vickers or Starfield in that case. The big plus with Lager Bielka, um, and you'll have heard it from his press conference um, yesterday, is that he is a confident young man, first and foremost, which is great. But he's also 16 games into a league campaign out there in Sweden. They play across the summer months, generally speaking. So he's good to go. He's fully up to speed. And I think, I, I, I'll need to check, but I think in Scandinavia in particular, there's a few astroturf or artificial pitches in play as well. So this won't be alien to a young guy from that part of the world. And I don't think there's a huge risk in playing him. If you've, listen, if you've scouted him, you've paid the three million, you think he's going to be part of your team. I think there's every chance that he might just get thrown in directly and uh, given the chance to to impress early bells. In the fullback areas, I think we'll definitely see Tony Ralston. He done okay at Aberdeen, um, but also what's the other options? But I think we might see a change at left back. Uh, Bernabe's now been forgiven for sleeping in the other week and, and they've cleared the cleared the decks there. I think there's a wee chance that he might be given a nod in front of Greg Taylor. What do you think of that? Possibly. Um, I mean, as you say, I think the full off-field stuff seems to have been resolved and he's been very open to... I think Rogers has went out and sort of, you know, quite, like, made a statement in the elephant in the room as to Burnaby sleeping in. It was all over the press, whatever. So I think that's been resolved. Um, 
Yeah, I think potentially, potentially. For me, I don't want to really take any chances, given, but I think, given how big a game it is in the context of season, we want to win three trophies out of three or four if we're going that far in Europe. But um, I want to go, I want to go all, all out, win everything that's in front of us. Um, and do you know what? Burnaby could be the answer longer term because Greg Taylor's not playing well. So I can see a case for throwing Burnaby in. Um, and do you know what? I'm probably open to it now saying it. It'll be interesting to see what Brendan Rodgers' state of mind is. I think it's going to be really telling uh, as to when the team line-up line comes out. So that'll be around about quarter to two on Sunday. And it'll tell us a lot on what Brendan Rodgers is thinking. He's he's set out his stall early to say we're targeting all three domestic trophies again. He's been quick to mention, hasn't he, the fact that last year was great, well done Celtic, but that's in the past now and let's move forward. And he wants to make a statement of his own. And as much as I think he might make some, you know, adjustments to to his strongest team, he'll also want to be strong there and, and not get caught short by taking too many risks. So it'll be very interesting once we see that lineup come out. In terms of the midfield, we've obviously had the ongoing Real Hitati David Turnbull um contest, if you like, over the last couple of weeks, but that's over for now given Hitati's injury. Does Turnbull come right back in or does Odin Tiago home, who I thought was very good uh, in his cameo at Petodre, does he come in for his first start? I would like Odin Tiago home to start. Um, given how well I thought he played at Petodre. Um I, at first when I watched them pre-season, I watched them against Ross County, thought he looked quite like a tidy player, maybe not someone that would be that aggressive or going to tackle, just seemed like someone that liked to pop the ball about and maybe I don't know if nasty is the right word, but maybe not as aggressive as you know I didn't expect him to be that type of player. Um However, after seeing him Petodja last week, I completely, my first opinion of him completely went out the window. I thought he looked not afraid to go into a tackle. I thought he was aggressive in his press. I thought he was good with the ball at his feet. Very forward thinking. So, again, as you say about Scandinavian players as well, that I don't think the artificial surface will phase him. Um, I think it's someone that, you know, won't be totally overwhelmed by playing in that surface. Or he's probably used to it from his homeland. And also, he's also in the same situation as Lagerbielka. I don't think Matt Sharpness will be much of an issue. As much as he's in the pre-season, you know, I don't think he's really coming out from the cold, having not played. He's maybe not played football for the last, you know, month or so, um, really. But he's been up to relatively up to speed since. So, um, I would start at home. I think it's something new. I think it's a fresh option in that midfield. And, you know, David Tumble, he's he did well in the first week, uh, the first weekend trophy day, scored twice. I thought it was poor last weekend. Um, and I think, yeah, it's a fresh option that I think we should maybe make the most of. It's an option that I think quite a lot of fans are excited by. Um, some weren't too sure, but I think last week at Petodri showed that he's definitely got something about him. Where I think a young guy like Thiago Holm has a huge advantage over even some of our own academy boys is that, you know, in his young career so far, I think he's around about 21, maybe just turned 21, He's already had close to 100 senior appearances under his belt. And then you look at guys, you'll have seen the headlines, Joe, about guys like Rocco Vata, who looks like he might be on his way out of the club, and various other young guys that either don't make it as Celtic at all or get plucked by you know, Man City Academies, Ben Doak at Liverpool, a couple of young lads went to Bayern Munich in recent years. And these guys just don't get the, the chance to impress. And it's training's great. I'm sure they learn loads training at Celtic under 
Ange and Brendan Rodgers and the various academy coaches. But you only really improve yourself with match time, don't you? And I think that's where a young lad like Thiago Home, he's been able to, you know, flourish, if you like, in a, a middle-of-the-road league, you know, out in Norway. And he now comes with so much more experience than someone of a similar age here at Celtic. Yeah, I think it definitely um, makes a difference having that sort of foundation of playing that much senior football. And, you know, it's just, I say, not as a shame, but Rocco Vata that it looks like he's not going to get that opportunity. And I think you could tell in the last week or so, he was playing for the B team last week, Rocco yeah. Vata, so it's, sure, it's clear in, his, in Rogers' mind that it's probably not in his plans, whether that's Vata or Rogers that have instigated that. Um, but yeah, it's a bit. Um, I, I think it, it's good that we have someone like that coming in who's still got a lot of potential, but also had that sort of bit of a backing. And you know, you know, that's probably an argument for another day as to how clear a pathway again Celtic youth players have. Um, but yeah, it's it's good that he's got that sort of foundation. It, it stands out probably from so many players at that age group. Um, just that he's been able to play against men every week and playing against a real, an ideal competitive environment. Yeah. So David Tumbley said the the Rio Hitati challenge, which he was doing okay in, uh, but now it's it's Odin Thiago Home who might be pushing for that shirt. But I think that might be the move. I think it might be Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly, very experienced players as well, which which won't do Thiago Home any harm to have them next to him. And I think Thiago Home might well get the nod um, up front. So far, he's gone with Abada, Kyogo and Maeda, uh, and they've done pretty well, you know, decent return uh, from each of them. What do you think? Does he does he go with that? Is that, you know, his strongest suit at this moment in time? Or does somebody like Yang come in? Um, like Thiago Home, you know, he's not had a great deal of time to impress, but he played a huge part in getting that third goal at Pataudry. And overall, he again looks like somebody that the, the fans can get excited about. Yeah, I think Yang seems like the person that should be uh, coming into the team. Um, I, in all honesty, I don't really know what side he would play on. I don't know if he's more suited in the right or the left. He'd come, he's come in from the left-hand side um, against Aberdeen for yeah. the third goal. Um, but wh- where he would actually really fit in properly in that team, I don't know. And I'm, I'm saying that more in the case of who's he going to replace because it's going to be at the expense of someone else. Um yeah. I would like him to start. Um, I think every time he's come on and he's been involved in the game, he's impressed. Um, so I, really, I hope he gets his chance. Um, I think if any winger that's outside the squad, it's probably only going to be Yang that would get a starting spot over the three guys that have started. Haxbanovic hasn't been involved. Um, Forrest has done a couple of cameos, really. He's not done an awful lot since he's come on. Um so I think he would only be the likely one that would threaten any of the wingers um, into getting a starting place. So um, we'll wait and see. But I, th- I would like Yank to start because I, I like the look of him so far and he, he's, he looks a decent player and I hope to see more of him. We spoke about his profile as a winger just during the weekly show. He's he's quite different from us. He's quite a powerful guy, isn't he? He's, he, he seems to have a bit of stature, a bit of presence. Whereas even like Sabada, you know, fit, fit young guy, of course he is, but a lot of wingers are generally quite kind of slight and nimble and, and built differently. Yang seems to be quite powerful. He's a very willing worker. He seems to be keen to put a shift in and he's got no end of trickery as well. We've seen that for the goal and it's good that he had the, the confidence to go and do so in one of his, his early appearances. You're right, I'm, I'm the same as you in terms of is he best on the right or the left. He seems to have come 
off the bench onto the right wing, but all of a sudden he pops up on the left-hand side to create the goal. So unsure what he'll do. My gut feeling is that maybe a bad will step out on Sunday and you might find Yang, Kyogo and Maeda, which I think a lot of fans would be quite happy to see. So I'll just recap your team, Joe. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I think you're going with Joe Hart and goals. Tony Ralston at right back. Navrotsky and Lagerbielka pairing up in the centre. And maybe a, a chance for Burnaby out at left back. Midfield, you've got Thiago home making his first competitive start alongside Callum McGregor and Matt O'Reilly. And then Yang, Kyogo and Maeda. Potentially, uh, otherwise it might be Maeda that drops out, but certainly a start for Yang. In terms of the guys that miss out, you're right, you've mentioned one or two. Um, Hak Savanovic, frustratingly for me, he doesn't seem anywhere near it. And I think that's something that Rodgers is uh, going along with just now. He doesn't seem to feature at all. Um, you've mentioned the water. I don't think there's any route in for him at this moment in time. James Forrest is is very much there in a supporting act. Is there anyone else you think might be, you know, worthy of game time? Anyone we've not mentioned at this stage? Well, I mean, I don't I don't know anyone that should be worthy of game time. I think more who is actually not in, who's not in contention. I don't think really has anything done anything to convince me that should be in, really in contention. You know, likes of Quan. I mean, it's it shows you. Celtic sport in a nutshell. Like he's what he's won great game in pre-season and then the next game made a shocker. So um there's not really a real case for him to be anywhere near the team because we can't kid ourselves on how important the game is. Um as much as we as a good opportunity to rotate and you know, there's nobody really chasing their tail in a cup game because it's literally one or lose and you know, everything's at stake at that one game. Um I think we need to I think we still need to win the game. And I think giving guys a good chance who have been in form or, you know, give some guys a chance to impress is great, but there's no point in making six or seven wholesale changes because we need to keep some sort of consistency and ultimately we need to win. Simple as that. Yeah, fair point. Um, I've touched on some of the academy uh, stuff there and, you know, the, the differences between, you know, maybe a Rocco Vata at this moment in time and Thiago Home. Um so the Vata situation, yeah, he, I think, recently moved agent. He moved to CAA base, which I think is Angie's agency, ran by Frank Trombley. And it looks like he's maybe reluctant to sign a new deal and he might move on. There's other guys, you'll have seen the headlines, Joe, guys like Ben Summers and Boston Lawal. They've both signed extensions to their deal and they've both instantly gone on loan. So Lawal's gone to Fleetwood Town to join Bruni. Ben Summers has gone to Dunfermline, which I think is a good move, actually. They should be quite exciting to watch in the championship this season. But all of a sudden, you don't have any academy kids chapping the door. And I I don't know how I feel about that. We're going to cover some more of that in, in this week's show. There's a really good listener's question. But part of me thinks that the League Cup would be the ideal breeding ground for some of these young guys to get you know competitive minutes, bring them up to speed and see if they're potentially good enough for the league stuff. But the other part of me, and the, and the ongoing challenge for Celtic, is you just want to win every single game. And, and I know in the bigger picture... It's not the end of the world if Celtic were to go out the cup at this stage or the next stage or whatever. But from a fan point of view, you get your headspace into dominating, winning trebles, you know, taking every game as seriously as the last or the next. And I don't know, it's a real tough one for Brendan Rodgers and Celtic just as a collective. What do you feel about that? Are you disappointed that there's nobody really chapping the door from an academy point of view? I'm disappointed um, because you think... Years gone by, the amount of players that were produced through our academy, albeit relatively few, but I mean, it shows you how hard that is given the level you need to be at. Um, I mean, the players, our recruitment 
in general is absolutely as great as much as you know Celtic's recruitment team gets a bad name for you know signing the odd player who doesn't really work out often gets thrown as a flop but I think it's it's a bit disappointing I think cup football as well I mean you look at England England English League Cup isn't really taken seriously and it's almost as if that is the opportunity for all young players to get a chance who aren't on loan um, so yeah it is a bit disappointing it will be interesting to see his bench on Sunday because given the number of injuries I mean you've already listed off you've got Hattati Carter Vickers um, Stephen Welsh Alistair Johnson might not be I mean as much as he's trained just now he might not be in the squad um, oh, you could list Kobayashi. off about five or oh, Kobayashi so you, you're listing off about six or seven first team players there mm-hmm. who's going to take their place in the bench that's been left I mean really You've, got, you've also got Talio, you've got Mikey Johnson that would probably yeah. be on the bench if he'd feature. So you've got all these guys who aren't there. Who's going to be on the bench instead? And now you've got Summers, Vata, Lawal, who all three of whom have had some sort of a cameo appearance over the last you know six months or so, a year. Um, who else is going to step in? Now, it's an interesting one. I think there will be at least one sort of youth player on the bench. Is that a sign that that's how the system works, or is it more that we just don't have a lot of options that we need to play? It's just really to fill the numbers. I don't know, um, but I hope I hope those are change a lot, change long term, and a more clear pathway for these guys because we want to be someone that wants to attract all these youth players and want people to stay in our system for as long as they can. And if there's no clear pathway, then you know how could they possibly convince that a career at Celtic's for them? Yeah, yeah, it comes into the conversation, doesn't it? You know, I think Celtic tried, but probably a wee bit too, maybe too late with Ben Doak. And saying that, Ben Doak played for Celtic at 16 years of age. How early can you throw him in? But I think generally speaking, yeah, the young players, listen, you know, they're talented, of course, they are, otherwise they wouldn't be at Celtic at all. Um, but some of them, some of them maybe have too much belief in themselves and that's a separate challenge. But some of them also need to get told, here's a pathway, here's how it's going to work. And, so just take Ben Summers, for example, just now. I think he's a real talent, you know, and I think Celtic are excited about him. And I think they've probably made the right move by pushing him out on loan just now because what is the alternative? Yep, you could keep him around. He could feature off the bench on Sunday. And then he goes back and plays for the B team in the Lowland League for, for the majority of the season, playing against, with all respect, you know, running the mill opponents and, and guys that won't really give him a test. He'll go to Dunfermline. He'll play against some real season pros there in the Championship. And somewhere like that, and like uh, Laval's going to Fleetwood Town in League One, League One as well, there's real challenges for guys there. And I think if Celtic partner up with the right clubs and move the players out on loan to the right clubs, then that may be the best way. But I think there's so many moving parts to it as well. And I think it's hard to find the solution. And it's, as I say, it's something we'll cover a wee bit more in the weekly show. But it's an ongoing dilemma, you know, for a club like Celtic. Uh, Joe, let's take a look at Kilmarnock. So, as I mentioned, they've had that good start to the season, beating Rangers, drawing with Hearts, coming through the League Cup section pretty comfy. Um, like a lot of clubs in Scotland, you know, like we've seen at Aberdeen and yeah, I suppose even Rangers, if you want to bring them into the mix, they've had to freshen up their squad quite dramatically. I think they've brought in around about eight or nine new players, uh, but they're doing well. And the approach they've taken is that they've brought in guys that have got real Scottish league experience and mostly Scottish premiership experience. So guys like Matty Kennedy and Marley Watkins, they've both come in from Aberdeen. Robbie Dees, the centre-half from Inverness. Kel McGuinness from Hibs. Stuart Finlay, the centre-back, ex-Celtic now, or previously Oxford United. And Lewis Mayo, they had him on loan from Rangers, and he's now a permanent part of the team. 
And all of a sudden, these guys have just been thrown right in. They're, they're back three at this moment in time, very generally, is Finlay, Dees and Mayo. And their front two are Kennedy and Watkins. There's five guys who weren't even at the club, uh, you know, in recent times. And they're now, a, you know, a big part of the starting eleven. So lots of changes. But from Kelly's point of view, they seem to have bedded in pretty well. They have. Um, and I think, I think sometimes it can work that way. Where if you're saying sometimes if you sign six or seven guys into a team, albeit Commander didn't have a great season last season, um, I think they'll always be a club that have aspirations to be top six. As much as I mean, obviously the bare minimum is they want to stay in the league, given they had a couple of relegation problems before, and I think they all will always have aspirations to be sort of challenging, getting into top six. Um, so I think with a club like that as well, there's always going to be a high turnover. I don't think they seem to be a club that sign guys in sort of long-term deals so sometimes it's going to be a bit of a hit or a miss some years it'll work some years it won't um but this year yeah seems to have worked so far they've also got kyle is it kyle vassell is he, i think he's actually darius vassell's son i mean is he? yeah so he's think, found himself so. on the bench yeah so he i mean i think he actually was a top scorer last season and sort of clicked into form nearer the end of the season so i think You'll probably see a lot more of him from Kilmarnock. Um, for Kilmarnock over the next you know, few months or so, he seems to be one of the stronger players. Um, so, yeah, fairly decent side. I, the way a Derek McInnes team, from watching them against Rangers, the, the way a Derek McInnes team I would always expect to set up like, a really strong, sort of disciplined, hard-to-beat team. And Kilmarnock usually provide that sort of test anyway. So, um, yeah, it should be an interesting one. should be a hard game, under no illusions, but... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. In terms of their shape, so they generally line up as a 3-5-2, but it's something that can very quickly revert to a 5-3-2, so depending if they're in possession or out. And I think you might see the latter. I think you might see the 5-3-2 in long spells against Celtic. And, and I don't think Derek McInnes or Kamarnock make any apologies for taking that approach. You know, it's, it's Celtic's job to break them down. But, you know, a team set up in a 5-3-2 with confidence on a tricky home surface... It could be a tough afternoon, couldn't it? It could. And, I mean, Kamarno could be very reliant on like a set-piece or something like that that will, you know, hopefully Celtic are caught, for their sake, Celtic will be caught napping at the back or something along those lines. So, yeah, it could be a, it could be tricky for us. Um, the pitch always, again, doesn't help. I know we've mentioned it, but the pitch doesn't help if you're setting up a sort I mean, we say a flat 5-3-2, but very easily it could be two banks of five, uh, the way that these teams are set up. So um, it'll be a tricky afternoon. I could also see, given it's cup football as well, they'll probably want to just stay in the tie for as long as possible. Um, it's different if you're at home and, you know, you're three points behind your next competitor. Sometimes teams like that might want to sort of go for it, given whatever the nature of the league is at that point. This time it's straight knockout football. So... You know, there's an argument for both ways that they might come out more attacking, just sort of go for it, or they might try to want to stay in the tie as long as possible. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think it will be a difficult game for Celtic in terms of breaking them down. The surface, I get, as I say, won't help. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, I don't think they'll be easy, that easily predictable because, again, cup football can be a bit of a surprise. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I wonder, you're right, you know. I wonder if McInnes will take a slightly different approach given it's cup football rather than league football when he might 
take the shackles off a wee bit. His team are confident just now. Why not? Would be the you know the, the question to put back to him. I did see that he was moaning during the week about a penalty that he never got. Was it in the semi-finals last season? Uh, around oh, the yeah. time. Uh, yeah. Still moaning about that, which is... Listen, if you want to start going back over old decisions, we could be here for a long time. But um, he will have his players fired up. They should be in good spirits. They should be feeling good about themselves. So could make for a really good game um, and, a, and a tough game for Celtic, no doubt. It takes us on, Joe, to the scoreline predictions. Before I get your prediction, and, and I want you to think carefully, um, Brido nailed this last week, so he called it 3-1 against Aberdeen, and he made the call that we start setting up a, a league table of predictions, and it's a good shout, and it's something that we will do. We'll share it across the socials. I think Paddy called 4-0 uh, on opening day, maybe 4-1, so not too far away, but wrong all the same. Brido's nailed last week's. What are you going for this week as you try and get yourself on the board? 4-0 Celtic. Four now. <laughs> so a lot of talk, tough game, could be a challenge. Four now. No mess. I do, I do think that I think it could be a tough game, but easily I think I've to score early. Given the way that we've played Aberdeen, eh, Aberdeen, we've played Tomorrow before, where again there's been a lot of talk. I, I remember it before, there was a lot of talk about Derek McInnes being a manager that's tough to set up, uh, sets his team up not to get beat. But again, Given that it's cup football, there's a bit of me that thinks that they will go for it. And I've seen Celtic at this stage of the competition in years gone by turning teams over quite comfortably. Um, I also think this could be, given that there's new guys that I think, as I predicted, probably will get a chance, like to Oden Thiago home, Yang, that I don't think teams like that will really know how to prepare against guys like that. They probably haven't seen a lot of them. So, yeah. I'm optimistic in that sense. Um, that will be four now. Is my that is my prediction? Oh, yeah, let's stick with it. Um, I think it is interesting that Celtic will have guys that are certainly new to Derek McInnes. He, I'm not sure how much he's seen of Yang and various others uh, over the piece. And these guys will be desperate to impress. Thiago Home will be keen. Lager, Bielka, Navrotsky, these guys are brand new in the door and they want to show that they they belong at a club like Celtic. So as much as there's yeah there's an element of risk bringing guys in you know, just new or, or from out the cold or however you want to word it, these guys will be really keen to show what they've got. I think that into the bargain, you know, the fact that it's cup football might lead to come on up being a wee bit more adventurous. But as I say, you know, they'll be feeling good about themselves. I'm going to go, certainly a Celtic one, no doubt, but a far neater one. I'm going to go for 2-1 and we'll see how that stacks up and see if see if I can get myself on the board somewhere next to Brido. Um, Joe, any final thoughts and comments ahead of this one on Sunday? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's... Sometimes I can't overly be bored I cut football, but I'm that's a bit hard game. It's certainly not as much as I'll contradict my score prediction here, but it's definitely not going to be an easy game. My four now was purely out of optimism as opposed to uh, what I think will happen. Um, but yeah, I think we've definitely got a hard game on Sunday. I think they're definitely a team that aren't underestimated. I want to win another treble and as many trophies as possible. Is I want us to not make too many changes. I'd like a few changes, but um, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing what I think will be a different team um, as a fresh approach. Um, and yeah, um, it should be good. Should be good. Yeah. Joe, thanks for joining us here today, and thanks for your four 0 prediction. I, I sincerely hope you're you're bang on the money with that one, and we get a few goals to see on Sunday. So Celtic head down to Ayrshire on Sunday, looking to defend the first trophy they won as part of last season's treble. Could be a tricky one against an informed side, but hopefully the boys have enough to get the job done. 
We'll be back here on the Celtic Exchange Plus shortly after the final whistle to bring you all the big talking points from Rugby Park. But in the meantime, from myself and Joe, thanks for listening and enjoy the game. Mm-hmm.